Hi, this is Keith Austin, and this is FinOps Pod. Hi, I'm Stacey Case. And I'm Joe Daly. And this is FinOps And this is FinOps Pod. Ooh, almost did it in unison. Oh, were we trying to it, do it at the same time? I don't know, sometimes. Hey, we just did that. Mm-hmm. Last week, Stacy in DC at the DC yeah. Roadshow. Yeah, we got together at Washington DC, yeah. had a roadshow, and then and we thought we were funny. And, <laughs> we did, and guess what? I I heard noises from the audience of recognition of what we were doing. Oh, you guys are doing the intro, and I was like, oh, they recognize it. Yeah, so the folks that weren't there, Joe and I had to present one section at this roadshow, and we thought it would be funny to start it just like we start the podcast. So that's what we did. And I think I got to, I think we was. heard a couple of chuckles. There was a couple. People definitely yeah. recognized it. There was a couple listeners. There's some phenoptonauts out there in the audience. There definitely were some phenoppers. And a lot of people listened to this more than I expected because I think both you and I experienced people coming up to us and be like, hey, I listened to FinOps Pod. It was fun. Can't wait to see more of you all out there. Chicago Roadshow is coming up. Amsterdam Community Day is coming up. We have a roadshow in New York City that's coming up in April. So there's going to be a lot more events that we can see you all in person. I'll put links to all the events coming up in the show notes, but also x.finops.org for FinOps X information. We've just updated with speakers that will be presenting and more information about what's going on there. Oh my gosh, the speaker list for X is insanely talented and amazing. Joe and I both sit on that committee and just the list of submissions that have come in have been overwhelming, so many. And Mm -hmm. everyone were like, oh my gosh, that's so good, that's so good. You guys are all getting just outstanding content from the community, so bravo. Yeah. You'll definitely want to go and check that out. That's amazing. It's amazing. But yes, on to this episode. On to the show. There's a number of firsts in this episode. Oh my gosh. That's right. I actually interviewed Keith from AIA this time, and I don't usually interview. I usually do the intro. That's my comfort zone. But Keith is so gracious. He's amazing. And we did talk about AIA. And Joe, I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, AIA is the first enterprise member that we have in Asia with the foundation. Is that correct? That is correct. That. that is the other first. What was it like for you to listen to me interview? Did you think I just did a great job? You were fantastic. <laughs> you and Keith were both really great. Keith Austin works for AIA, which is one of the largest insurers in Asia. And I used to work for an insurance company in the middle of a cloud migration, just like AIA is. And so it was interesting to hear a lot of the things Keith mentioned that definitely registered with me from my experience. And I think the thing that Keith mentions that I think people overlook a lot is how when you're doing a cloud migration and you start implementing FinOps, it brings infrastructure engineers who are normally not that close to the end customer, a whole lot closer because Keith puts it really eloquently. You start asking questions and it takes you in directions that you weren't going before in your investigations. And I found that to be absolutely true and and 
my experience is that, you know, if you're part of the server team, you usually are only working with servers and maybe you work with a few app teams, but that's about as far as it goes. But when you start migrating to the cloud and you're implementing FinOps, you start breaking through a lot of the silos and bringing engineering closer to the customers, which is great. That's awesome. Yeah, I just really impressed with everything Keith said on the people side of everything, how customer centric they are and internally for their own team, right? He talks about the programs that they have in place to educate and train their own team. I was just really impressed with that and excited by that and excited for everybody else to hear about it too. They're doing some really great things over there. Absolutely. Let's do this. Keith Austin, AIA. You did a great job, Stacey, and let's move on to the interview. So let's go ahead and get started, Keith. Sure. And yeah. best place to start, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Let us know how you're here in this crazy FinOps world. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Stacey, and thanks for having me. Started off in FinOps really with AIA. I've been with AIA just nearly three years now, and we've had a, a massive journey into cloud as part of our TDA, our technology digital and analytics program over the past two years. And we've got one more year to go on that program. And really, FinOps was seen as a way to measure the benefit story of our cloud journey. So that's where we really started in FinOps and where my journey started in FinOps as well. So it's really cool to be able to not only explore a new methodology and a new way of doing things, but also be able to apply that straight away in a large enterprise environment. Yeah. How's that going for you guys? You all did come join the foundation as the first premier enterprise member in Asia. Yeah. So that in itself is pretty phenomenal for the foundation, but just as an enterprise adopting FinOps that's going through a couple of years to do this, how is that working? Talk to me about some of the successes and failures you've seen, where are you hoping to go with this? All the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose anything that, that we're doing at the moment in the cloud arena, wanting to be the leader, right? And we saw mm-hmm. joining the FinOps Foundation as the first premier member in, in Asia is really, once again, AIA leading the way in the region. So while we may not be as far down the road as our European or North American counterparts, we really see that we're, we're leading the way in Asia. And as part of our cloud journey, we're also leading the way in cloud adoption. We're well ahead of industry benchmarks, cloud adoption rates as well. And we're seeing FinOps is really complementary to that and helping us continue on that journey. I know that the TBA program is really big for you. Talk to me about this program and what this looks like and what it means for AIA. Yeah, absolutely. TDA is central to everything we're doing in group technology. It's a technology, digital and analytics. It's core to everything we're doing in group technology today, right? It's two years into a three-year journey, as I mentioned, and it's really encompassing our entire group. So not only our group office way of operating, but also our 18 business units. And those business units are on their own transformation journey as well. That's very closely aligned to the TDA program. And it's really about delivering, you know, world-class digital products for our clients and and customers and making that customer-centric journey a reality. And we've got some great result stories out of that, right? So just a few that I can mention is one out of the Philippines, where 98% of our buy interactions are through digital channels now, which is a fantastic rate. In Korea, for example, we used to measure claims in days. Now we measure them in minutes from someone logging a claim to actually getting a payout. So, you know, some fantastic results across the region. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about a claim I have yeah. to make. <laughs> the, the days to minutes, like that, that's huge yeah. though. Yeah, absolutely. Not only just for you and your organization, where you are 
with your technology, but just, gosh, mm. from a consumer and customer point of view, how great that is for them, too. Mm. Um, well, it's, it really comes from, you know, our straight-through processing story, right? We're using technology and cloud to be able to, you know, evaluate claims so using different technologies, using, you know, OCR to read the invoices from the specialists or from the doctors that you visit, um, to being able to process those directly into our systems. And we're in, in Thailand, for example, 80% of claims are processed through straight through processing. And these are not small numbers, right? We're talking about hundreds of thousands of claims a, mm -hmm. a month, right? So it's pretty big numbers and it's great that the technology is there now today that we can utilize in public cloud to be able to deliver these benefits to our clients yeah so it sounds like you're really integrating that technology with the business side of everything that you're doing too and working really super close together everything we do is about the customer at AI and, and especially in group technology right it's really about that customer centric journey and you know allowing our customers to, to live healthier longer better life and that's really you know the, the story that comes through in everything that we do Mm -hmm. And with this being such a large adoption, you mentioned some successes or some challenges I'm sure that you faced. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about some of those challenges of getting to this place where you are now. And again, knowing that this is a journey, but what are some of these challenges that you faced as well? Yeah, we love to see opportunity where there's challenge, right? Being in the Asia market, it's all about taking advantage of certain challenges in certain areas, right? Rather than looking at them from a negative standpoint, we look at it from a positive standpoint and say, okay, how can we make things better? How can we leverage those challenges in the market to be able to provide better services or, or better experiences for our customers and our employees, right? So it goes both ways. We look at certain things around talent shortage in, in the Greater Bay Area and Southeast Asia in general. And I don't think that's too much different to what others face in other regions, to be honest, in technology. But we see that as opportunities to be able to provide back to the community in certain areas, right? So we look at things of how we run graduate programs to upskill, you know, new people in the workforce, et cetera, because we see ourselves as a large employer in the region. And if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, right? We really see ourselves as having that opportunity to be part of the community. And there was a program that was run to pledge 100 million US dollars over several decades for local university subsidies in Hong Kong. So that's just one program that AI are doing to be able to further upskill and provide great resources for the future for the Greater Bay Area. That's amazing. I was actually going to ask you about that because when we are talking about FinOps, when we're talking about the challenges that we're facing, a lot of it is finding the right folks. How about internally? Is there anything that you do with people that are already working at AIA to help upskill them, to get them into that technology field or the business field or however those two mesh together? Yeah, absolutely. Upskilling our internal teams and our internal staff, you know, not only in group technology, but organization-wide is important and always has been. We launched a program last year called the Cloud Academy. So specifically mm -hmm. looking at cloud technology resources and, and upskilling people and people who may have come from traditional technology backgrounds and cloud being a new journey for AA, we wanted to make sure that we're bringing our people along for that journey as well, right? And not just rehiring or whatever the case may be, but we really wanted to reskill internal people as well. So this Cloud Academy, in a very short space of time last year, had 182 learners across group technology and our business units join that program. And so far, we've already had 81 graduates out of that program. So some really cool numbers already coming out of that. And these people are graduating with professional Azure certifications, all sorts of things. There's a FinOps learning track in there as well. Yay. Yeah. So some really cool things coming out of that program already. And it's only really eight, eight to 10 months old. So wow. some really great traction there. And we can see our people are, you know, super wanting to get involved in this, right? And putting the hand up and joining these programs, which is great to see. 
That's amazing. That's a really young program to already see some growth and things like that and people changing their careers. I think that's such a great thing because this is, Joe and I talk about this all the time about there are so many skill sets that are needed when it comes to FinOps, when it comes to that merging of technology and business and finance, all of these things together. So the fact that AIA is taking the initiative to create these cloud academies, in addition to what else you're doing within your community, well, it just sounds like a pretty amazing company to work for right now. Yeah, no, it is. It's a really exciting place to be. Yeah, it's a really great place to be at the moment, for sure. Excellent. So glad to hear that. So what have you learned so far in this FinOps space through all of this, all that you've been doing the last three years with AIA and being in FinOps, what are the key takeaways? What are the things that you've learned? I mean, it's definitely has been a bit of a whirlwind journey, right? Running in FinOps. And I suppose that, you know, the key takeaway for me is there's not just one thing, right? No matter what you look Mm -hmm. at, there's not just one person. There's not just one metric. There's not just one KPI. There's not just one area for saving. There are so many different facets to FinOps. And when you really start digging away at it and chipping away at the surface, it seems like it just goes on forever, right? And there's so many different areas that you can touch and so many different people that you can get involved. And that's really cool from a group technology point of view, right? I mean, usually we're there delivering nice, stable infrastructure services, and that's about it. But when we start talking about FinOps, we're able to go down the application path, go higher up the value stack, talk to the business side, talk to the group finance side, and really have different conversations that we weren't having before, which is great, right? From an infrastructure services team, which I'm part of, we're able to do that, right? We're able to leverage FinOps to go and have different conversations with different people. And the results out of that have really been great. And again, we've only been doing it such a short space of time, right? We officially launched FinOps in July last year in AIA. So, you know, very short journey for us, but some results that we're starting to see already are fantastic and the engagement we're getting is unbelievable. That's great. So how does your team cover all of these different FinOps paths and angles? Specifically when it comes to FinOps, do you have folks that are dedicated to certain things? What does that look like? What does your team structure look like? When we created the business case early last year, we wanted to leverage a full-time team on this, right? If we were going Mm -hmm. to do it, we were going to do it properly. We weren't going to do it halfway. And it was about you know, leveraging the investments we were going to make. We knew we were going to go to market and we were going to get best of breed products to help us in FinOps. We knew that we were going to join the FinOps Foundation. We knew we were going to put full-time staff on this. So it it was about making sure that we leverage those investments and we realize the benefits. Everything that we do in AIA and group technology must have a benefit story attached to it. So we must be able to articulate through our business case planning and things that we're able to deliver what we say we're going to deliver. So Um, We always make sure that from the outset in certain programs like this, we have very clear understanding of in 12 months what we're going to deliver, in 24 months, in 36 months, et cetera, what we're going to deliver. So absolutely, it was a full-time team. So we have, at the moment, we have five dedicated headcount on the FinOps program for us. So we have three from our finance side and we have two from the technology side. So two in the CCOE that that I run, the Cloud Center of Excellence, I'm dedicated to FinOps. And That's one technical resource and one business analyst, and then three on the finance side who really look at the billing, um, tracking the chargeback and showback, all that kind of stuff from a pure finance side. But those are dedicated to FinOps. That's great. That's great that you were able to get that group together, that team together to start it with. And you mentioned a business case and you went in big. What was the executive Mm. buy-in like for that? How did that look? I mean, with all 
enterprise business cases, as probably everyone knows who's listening, it's always tied back to a cost story, right? About how much you're spending, how much you're going to save, right? There's always that internal rate of return story that we need to articulate. And we did that, right? And we got it across the line. We tried not to oversell it, right? We tried not to go big, but we, as part of our cloud planning and things through the years, we've had big four tell us constantly that you need to look at some sort of cloud cost management program, et cetera. And then FinOps came into the story in 2021. And then we really started to launch that in 2022. So through that journey, we looked at cost absolutely as a key metric to provide Mm -hmm. in that business case. We met those metrics last year in our first six months of operating. So we had a soft goal there. It wasn't a a full KPI for individuals just yet. There is one this year, but we met that with flying colors last year, which was great. And we're starting to track our official KPI this year. So it's great to be able to get to that stage already in such a short space of time. Can you share your KPI, not specific numbers, but what is the key metric that you're trying to achieve? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, key metric for this year is around a percentage saving cloud. And we don't just look at our direct cloud consumption, right? So we're not just looking at our Azure billing, for example. We're looking across the total cost of ownership of cloud. So we look at our managed service provider partner costs. We look at our own internal CCUE costs. We look at you know billing errors from partners, et cetera, which you know, do exist. I know a lot of the listeners, well, some may be surprised, but others I'm sure have seen it in their own bills. Billing errors can be a fair percentage sometimes, right? If discounts are not being applied properly, like other consumers of public cloud, you have different rates for different things, et cetera. And checking that, that make sure that's done properly. It can be a big win, right? And without dedicated people checking those bills, those can just be unnoticed for months, right? So we make sure that we pick those up on every billing cycle and we don't let them drag on. We go back to those billing partners and we say, hey, you made a mistake here, right? And we make sure that credit is applied next time and that the error is fixed moving forward. So even things like that, and that's where I was talking about, there's not just one thing, right? There's not just, you you Mm -hmm. know, we're not just looking at individual workloads and saying, oh, is it right-sized? While we do have a right-sizing program, absolutely, it's not the one thing that we're looking at. We're looking at a vast majority of things that make up our total cost of cloud. Joe just sent me a question and I I had a giggle because I'm like, it's not a popularity contest, Joe, but (laughs) is your team popular with other engineering teams? That's a good question. I think we're getting there, right? I think it's still early days from that point of view and we're still trying to get awareness out there a bit in terms of, you know, those individual engineering teams or individual application teams. And that can be a bit difficult. I won't sugarcoat that. And we're having to go down a lot of different avenues that weren't our traditional channels before to get to these people. Our traditional channels was through infrastructure leaders, right? And infrastructure leaders, a lot of the time, don't have insights into the application workloads to know what is right, what is wrong, what needs to be looked at, etc. They're providing just that base infrastructure service. So when we start going down these avenues and we're having conversations with different application teams, etc., we can be knocking on their door and they're saying, who are you, right? So we're, you know, we're trying to come with that benefit story already to say, look, this is what we've done at group. This is what some other business units have done. These are the savings you can expect or the benefits you can expect, et cetera. And we try and play it from that angle. And majority of the time, people are willing to listen. If we can free up, you know, budget for them to go and do other stuff, that's great. If they can include that in their benefits realization story back into the business, that's great. So I think people are generally willing to listen and understand what we have to offer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important too, something you said, tying it back to the benefit too. And it sounds like something the AIA really does anyways, but that benefit or the value and understanding what that is and what's the motivation and why they should care for that. Absolutely. I mean, we have some teams who 
their application plays a very important role in say end of month processing, right? Or end of month reporting to our regulators, et cetera. And if we can go to them and say, look, you know, by utilizing the same amount of budget to provide that end of month requirement, but we can run those reports in say three hours instead of three days, for example, by utilizing a more efficient resource base, then they're ecstatic, right? If they can cut their processing times down, that's also a win. So it doesn't have to be a direct financial benefit either. We're looking at efficiency gains through certain processing activities as well. That's excellent. And then also let's kind of tie this back to the foundation too. I was just curious with AIA, why was the FinOps Foundation important for you to join? And you know, are, are you getting what you need out of the community? Are you being able to get involved? Are you seeing that within AIA right now? Yes, is the answer. We joined the foundation last year because we didn't know what we didn't know at the end of the day. We wanted people to help us on our journey, right? To help me as well develop a team that could actually run Finopsy in a large enterprise. I've never done it before, right? This is my first time around, for a lot, same as for a lot of people. And really, we, we wanted to align ourselves to an industry body to actually guide us and say, these are the methodologies you should align to. This is your team structure that you should be looking at. Here's some success stories from others that have been on the same journey, etc. So that's what we really wanted to leverage. And the interaction with the foundation so far has been great. I think that's been everything that we wished for. Being able to talk to industry peers as well. We had a great chat with Alison McIntyre around mm. forecasting, etc. So those kind of conversations are just invaluable, right? And we're able to have those one-on-one because of the foundation, you know, without the foundation there, we wouldn't have been able to reach out to Alison directly. We wouldn't have known who Alison is, right? It brings people together, helps leverage the learnings from others and our industry peers and helps us leapfrog and accelerate our journey, right? Which is always what we want to do. We want to get there tomorrow. We don't want to get there next year. Exactly. And the cool thing about it too, is you're talking about how you're meeting with other people like Alison and learning from the community, but you're also giving back and especially still fairly new into your journey of FinOps, but you'll be providing the stories. You know, you're going to be the person for that. The, the next person that joins is like, oh, boy, I got to talk to Keith Austin. And that was really cool. I never would have known who Keith Austin was. That's the cool thing about this. Is it truly is this give and take partnership when individuals or organizations join the foundation that we hope if we're doing it right, you're giving and getting equal. You know, might not always be at the same time, but it definitely shows up there. And I love to hear that and see that. Yeah, talking to Ashley and Ben and, and others about how we can get more involved this year. Absolutely, right? From running community events in Hong Kong, which I know Asia is a bit underrepresented in the FinOps world today. We're really trying to leverage our experience of joining FinOps for the benefit of others, for sure. And it goes back to our community story, as you said, right? We're always trying to do things for the greater good. It's not just about driving AA forward. It's about driving Asia forward, driving our community forward, which is always important. Absolutely. So we're going to wrap it up. Dina Solis on a previous podcast, she asked a question at the very end, which actually I thought was really charming and endearing, but I wanted my own little take on it. So two things. One, what is the fun side of FinOps? If you could describe the fun side of FinOps, what is it? And then follow up, how do you tell people what you do with FinOps that are not in technology? Because yeah, I'm telling you. One. Yeah. Well, my parents think I do versus what I do or in this space, two different things. Parents thing is always a challenge, right? Yeah. They, uh, my parents have never understood what I do in technology. Absolutely. The best thing for me actually is the fun side. Yeah. The fun side of FinOps really for me is interacting with different parts of the business we don't normally interact with. You know, people may see that as a bit scary, right? A bit daunting, but we were able to go and present to the group chief financial officer 
and all the CFOs for the BUs around what we're doing as part of FinOps. And they're excited to hear from us. They're excited to hear from people from technology. That never happens, right? You can never talk to finance people about technology. But because we were speaking their language just a little bit, I won't say we were fully speaking their language, but at least we were able to get on their radar a little bit and they were able to show some interest in something that we're doing, a program that we're running. That's really cool for me. You know, just talking to technology people every day can get a bit tedious sometimes. So going and just talking to a completely opposite side of the business is really fun for me and I enjoy that part of it. That Keith Austin, he's a nice guy. AIA is going big into the cloud and big into FinOps. They are great enterprise partners with the FinOps Foundation. This interview was great. Keith touched on many aspects of FinOps when you're going through a cloud migration, especially when you're a large legacy company. We touched on cultural adoption, getting your people trained, developing a centralized FinOps team, and he's grabbing that team from different sources, which is a, a good note to call out. And my favorite is that moving to the cloud and implementing FinOps is making them collaborate in different directions they have in the past. And they're focusing on business value with those discussions, as opposed to just hitting your infrastructure budget can often be the case. Not saying that they're not focusing on cost control. Like I always say, that is usually the gateway to FinOps, but they're definitely focused on that business value decision-making. And of course, AIA is leveraging being enterprise member of the FinOps Foundation. They're partnering with the community, meeting with subject matter experts and ambassadors in the industry and accelerating their FinOps capability development. Thank you so much, Keith Austin, for joining us on this interview. Thank you, Stacy, doing our first interview with Keith. It was really good, really fantastic discussions. Thank you, the FinOptonaut completionist listener, for making it all the way to the very end. That's it for this episode. Check out more information about upcoming events in the show notes and keep on FinOpsing.